0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com Jesus, we just love you, Lord, and we thank you for your presence here this morning with us. And Lord, I just pray that you you just speak to us, Lord, do some work this morning, Lord, change us, encourage us, stir us, challenge us. Lord, we want to go out a bit different than maybe when we came in, because we've met with you, Lord. So we just thank you, Lord, just thank you so much that you're for us, that you're with us, that you catch us up, Lord, you pursue us with love and grace and mercy, and you keep catching us up. And and our prayer is just to keep do that, keep doing that, Lord, and help us to, to keep running after you as well. Amen, amen. I want to start with a little, um, just a little, a little story that I, I read that I found quite amusing, um, and then then I'm going to just use an illustration. Then we're going to go into the Bible reading, which is from Ezra 1, which will flash up when I start reading it. Hopefully, I've done two slides. I'm I'm not known for doing PowerPoints. I've done one slide actually. The other one, the guy's here, is done so. Uh, I've tried doing PowerPoints, there's, there's guys, at, um, people at church at Southman that their whole sermon is on PowerPoint, like 25 PowerPoints, I just, I've tried it, and it just doesn't work for me, and it's not that I don't trust the guys at the tech side, but I just, I end up with like, having to show 15 in the last two minutes, because I've forgot to call, catch up and give the instructions, I'm sure there's a better way of doing it, but um, and anyway so I've got to so anyway I'll just tell you this little story um, a sales guy called home called a home one day and a small voice answered and whispered hello and he said hello what's your name and still whispering the voice said jimmy how old are you jimmy i'm 4 good is your mother home yes but she's busy okay is your father home he's busy too I see, who else is there? The police. Oh, the police. Can I speak with one of them? They're busy. Uh, Any any other grown-ups there, Jimmy? The firemen. Uh, Can I speak with one of the firemen, please? They're all busy. Oh. Jimmy, all those people in your house, and I can't talk with any of them, what are they doing? Looking for me. (laughs) Ha ha. And I just want to talk this morning about you know we 've come out of lockdown and uh, for us it 's a bit like we 've been hidden away now i know we 're free we're f- we're, are we free we f- 've got some freedoms, but it 's like we 've been hidden away in all sorts of, and there are all sorts of ways that we can hide still and And we've been in a wilderness, if you like, for quite a while, captivity, if you want to call it that. And we'll look at that in a second from Ezra. And I don't just mean lockdown, actually. Some of us, many of us can feel that maybe something's still lacking. I know I do. Uh, There's an ache for more, an ache for things to be different, for God's name to be honoured again. Something is coming. God's coming again. God wants to use us, and it's time to come out of the shadows and we think we have, but I think God wants to tell us something. And God is with us. God is with us. So, what are we doing? And am I still hiding away somehow? Um, I just remember the story when Elijah. You know, Elijah had done amazing exploits, hadn't he? And the fire came down from heaven. He thought he was God's man at the moment. There's going to be a revival a rival in the nation, and then he ran away, fear of death, in a cave, far away, hiding on his own, complaining that he was the only one. And God comes to him and says, "What are you doing here?" And God says, look, I'm looking for you to respond, to get up, take on responsibility. God says, I'm with you. This is not who you are. Stop looking at yourself. Go and make disciples. Appoint Elisha and some kings. There's still more to do. And I believe that this order, and and I'm living with this a bit, God would say that some of us, to some of us, he would say that to some of us. He said, I'm with you. This is not who you are. Stop looking at yourself and go and make disciples. God is with us here today. Do you know that? It's a fantastic, isn't it? He is for us. And so if that's true, what's my response to that? And I, I feel like there's a fresh commission coming. Because Jesus is God with us. There's the call to take back some stuff that's been lost. Some stuff that's been lost. And there are people, I've spoke, spoke to many people over the last few months and beyond, and I speak to people all the time. And many are fighting, and still fighting, discouragement, dissatisfaction. And that can bring fatigue I mean, I know life can bring fatigue. Many of you have got little children. Life is busy and tiring and <laughs> just stuff, isn't it? Uh, and, but, but we can be weary in well-doing. It can leave you in a place of struggle. Sometimes we can start to doubt God in stuff that's not quite happening. And I thought this would be happening. And why, why is this not happening, God? And, and the enemy then wants us to distrust, distrust God. Distrust God. And somehow it causes us to hide, and you know we can say, "Well, life's and we're busy, and it's life, and it's work." And but we can still hide behind certain things. God wants us to come out of the wilderness with power. Do you want some power? I'm going to pray for us later. We do have the power of God. What we don't want is a, and I don't want is a form of godliness without the power. I want the power as well, and He promises that and so God wants us to come out of the wilderness, God is with us he is God, in the gaps, he's in the gaps he's in the dark places he's in the places where we can feel trapped or even where we hide away but his answer is coming, you know God always has an answer that's good, he's always got an answer for us, and to help illustrate this I just want to look, at my, the main passage is Ezra chapter 1, have you got your Bibles or your app um, or whatever you have it'll be up, look at that I didn't even have to try did I <laughs> So amazing. <laughs> so Ezra, uh, um, I'll read it. Uh, NIV, this is. Uh, in the first year, King Cyrus of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia. To make a proclamation to his realm and also put it in writing, this is what King Cyrus, King of Persia says, "The Lord, the God of Heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and He has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the one uh, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them and In any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold and goods livestock with free will offerings for the Temple of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbours assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with valuable gifts, in addition to all the freewill offerings. Moreover, King Cyrus brought out the articles belonging to the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his God, small g., So, these books, Ezra, Esther, Nehemiah, cover historical period over Israel's captivity in Babylon, over 70 years, we know that, and the period immediately following their return to Jerusalem. Ezra is concerned primarily with the building of the temple. Nehemiah is concerned with the building of the city walls and Jerusalem. And so... In the opening verses, we read that the decree of law issued, is in, in 538 issues this, declaring that those Jews who had been held captive in Babylon under the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus had defeated him the previous year. They were being sent home by Cyrus to restore and rebuild their capital city and its temple, identified by Cyrus, an unbelieving king, as the house of God. How amazing is that? So God's people were called to be a blessing to the earth, as we are today. But at that time, it was a specific place, a specific people. And the glory of God was in the temple in Jerusalem. They were a special people gifted by God, blessed by him to be a testimony to his name on the earth. This is the same calling that God has put on your life and mine as part of his church. And we can see here that before they were taken captive, the people were not actually that interested in their calling anymore, much, many of them. Not very serious about it. Over the years, they began to drift. Their worship to God was just something they weren't too bothered with anymore. Take it or leave it. And calling on their lives, the calling on their lives slipped away. And so when the enemy arrived and took them into captivity, they were powerless. In the face of Babylon, they were helpless. So they captured the people of Israel and brought them into foreign land for 70 years. They were in a place they shouldn't have been. They were in a place they shouldn't have been. And it happens. It happens to churches. It happens to movements. It happens to individuals. To all of us, it can happen. It wasn't God's plan for them to be where they were. But it sort of was. <laughs> they were taken captive in Babylon. The, then Babylon was overthrown by Cyrus. And a year later, he allows them to go home and rebuild the temple under Zerubbabel's leadership. It was God's initiative... All the way along. God's initiative to free them. He promised. He spoke to them through a prophet. That after 70 years, God would visit them again and bring them home. Amazing. It was only ever going to be 70 years. But that slipped into oblivion, into history. Generation had passed. And so so much time. And things were, they were used to being so different. It used to be the way things were and the way things are now. It's all changed. It's all different. We have got used to it. And they survived in a hostile environment, at least most of them. They became acclimatised to their surroundings and their culture. They just got used to it. But God had always had his eye on them. He had made a promise, and he was going to fulfil his promise just like he always does. There was an answer coming. You know, there's always an answer coming. God has always got an answer for us. There's always an answer coming. So then, suddenly, something shifts. Freedom comes, and a stirring of the people. Many of them, but not all of them, it says. The people woke up and realized their destiny in God and the promises, the work of restoration yet to be completed. And so, what does he do? He stirs the heart of a king who's not even a believer. He even named him before he was born. That's amazing. Isaiah 45 Cyrus is my anointed king, I take hold of his right hand. I give him the power to bring nations under his control. I help him strip kings of their power and to go to war against him. Cyrus, I'm sending for you by name. I'm doing it for the good of the family of Jacob. They are my servant. I'm doing it for Israel. They are my chosen people. You do not know anything about me, but I'm giving you a title of honour. Isn't that amazing? It was foretold God named an unbelieving king as his servant to free his people before he was even born, 150 years before he came to the throne. God does that. That's what he does. It's just phenomenal. God stirred him so he would let them go home and rebuild the testimony to God's name. And I wonder, you know, if there were people there who still, while in captivity, we know there were some, We're continuing to call on the name of God like Daniel, but there are others. You know, when God brings restoration, when God brings revival, when God brings an awakening, there's always someone who's been praying. You realize that? I remember when I was a little boy, my dad used to preach. Uh, He was an itinerant evangelist preacher. I used to go with him to some churches, and there was his, we remember going back, and there were churches there that had few people left. And they were centres of revival in the past, in Wales and other places. And stories of how God moved once and how now it had all gone. But still, many, many years later, mostly old ladies praying. They were praying, crying out to God, do it again, Lord. And then they said their stories were fascinating. Even as a boy listening to their stories of how suddenly they couldn't, they didn't anticipate it. They were praying, but they didn't anticipate what God was going to do. But they needed to respond to what was happening, and just for us, you know we think i don 't have a dim view of society, but you, you can look around and you think, "Can society get any worse in some respects or any any lower you know and you look at the news and the news is not always helpful is it i don 't really watch it very often to be honest with you it 's not the most uplifting program, is it um, But you think, can society you know what 's happening to society is it going to Are you going to move again, Lord? Does God want to do something again? Is there an expectation for God to do something in us? And there's always someone who calls on God. He said, God, it's not right the way things are today. It's It's not right the way your people are being treated in certain places. It's not right that you're not known. It's not right that you're not loved. It's not right that your word has been thrown on the ground and no one listens anymore. And we're not seeing you move in power like you once did, Jesus. So nobody cares. Now, sometimes I can feel like that. Now, that's not denying the goodness and the grace of God, or the power of God. But sometimes you look and think, God, where are you? What are you doing? I can't see. And, and I want to see. I want to see these things happen. Because you said you're going to do stuff. And we want to. you said that we will do more than you. Habakkuk 3, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known in wrath, remember mercy. So awakening is God's initiated. It doesn't require a plan. It demands a response from us. And a land there where people were saying, who are you? You call yourselves the children of the people of God. Where is he then? You've been under our control for 70 years. Where is your God, they were saying. So here in this passage, suddenly God visits the king who doesn't follow him to bring a law that God, the God he doesn't serve, has ordered him to bring 150 years before to build a house in Jerusalem. And he asks, the king asks out of the people, who out of all the people belongs to God? Who wants to live a life that brings glory to God? Who's concerned about God's honour? The king, unbelieving king, was asking the nation this. Who wants their life to be what God has called it to be after 70 years in captivity? Who is left of the people of God that wants to go back and do this thing now? Or are you just so just, it's okay, we've been here 70 years, it's alright, we'll just carry on. Cyrus says, may God be with them and go and build the house for him. Go and rebuild what was once a testimony for his name. I mean, you know, so we think God can use anybody. So a cry goes out. God is on the move. You're free. The rebuilding has started. Who will respond? He's asking them, and maybe may us, to, capture, to recapture what was once lost. One of my favourite quotes, and I've got a few, is one from Mikhail Gorbachev. Who? Is he's not in the bible he says if not me who and if not now when if not me who and if not now when later on in the story when Nehemiah is called he's a butler for the king but God gave him a burden anyone God can use anyone so not only did they, the people, have permission to go and build, but we read in verses 5 and 6 the king also brought out all the stuff, all the articles, items that were used in the past for the sacrifices and the worship and the cleansing of the people. The people probably assumed that all these things had been lost away along the way or stolen. But no, we see that it was all kept in storage for a time, for when the time came for it to be reused. They knew this time would come to an end and that something new would come because it was spoken about, and now was that time. The enemy would love us, you know, to believe that the things that God has given us or that we once used has been lost. We can't do that anymore. We can't go that way anymore. But nothing has been lost. Nothing's been lost with God. Nothing can be lost in the kingdom of God. And I, I believe this morning Jesus wants to encourage us to reclaim certain things, certain things in our lives, certain things in the life of the church, certain things in society, for, this, for his name, for his glory. I believe it's time for us to realize again that God is powerfully with us by his Holy Spirit. He is. And he wants us to take back all that was taken from us. He wants us to restore what was lost or what we've lost. And what we've held on to. Maybe we've held on and it's, we've let it slip. Things in our lives maybe. And I say, what are, what are some of the things that we've lost or put in storage for a time later on? Maybe there's things that have upset us or we've been disappointed. or We've not seen, do, seen God do certain things or life has got in the way and we've put stuff on hold. I think God says, I want to breathe on that again. I want you to reclaim some of this stuff. Now's the time some of the things that we may have lost or put in storage for a time later on some gifts that he's given us maybe our heart heart for the lost or poor seeing healings salvation discipleship heart for worship our prayer life a passion for the church a passion for his name a love for the world a thirst for the spirit a love for the word not world word <laughs> scrub that <laughs> a love for the word and a thirst for the Spirit. Some things that we, and it's not just lockdown, some things, and I, I know this too. true of me, they can drift, we can drift, but God's put them in storage, they're not lost. Okay? He's not, not abandoned that. He's saying, no, I'm keep, okay, well you've somehow that's been taken from you, or it's been lost, or you've let it, let it slip, but I'm just storing it because I want to breathe it back in. I want to just restore something with you. Well, we've got God, we have tools, we've got the authority. And the question is, who wants to get up and build again? Babies do. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) See, He wants to free us up and to release all those things that maybe we've stored away the promises, the burdens, the things that once gripped us. There are things that I was young, when I was younger, many years ago, when I was younger, that really gripped me and I was passionate about, and I'm not anymore. I think, God, I want that back. I want that passion again about this stuff and this. In uh, just wrapping up shortly, in Psalm 126, it says this, and speaking of this actual event that was going on, it says this, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. It was like a dream. Could this really be happening? Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And my question is, do we dream of what it could be like, or are we just surviving? Do we dream? Do we think that society is just lost? I mean, it sort of is, but it's redeemable. Or it's got so low and confused or so far away from God and culture is just drifting away that things will never be the same, that that God's name will now just become a distant echo for the remnant few in the earth. I don't believe that, do you? Who just dig in with a siege mentality and just wait for him to rescue us out of it. No. The kingdom is expanding. Will we always feel like somehow we're in some sort of captivity? No. No. What does he want to give us back? He wants to give us a hunger for his word, a thirst for his spirit, a desire to pray, to move in the power of the spirit for the full lordship of Jesus over our lives, that everything is submitted to him and calling on him for a move of God so powerful that the nations have to sit up and the people have to respond and bow the knee to Jesus. (laughs) I just, it's time to reclaim what's been taken. To bring out of stories, those things hidden away. Maybe that's been we've been robbed or we've just we've just put to one side. And it's not just about doing stuff, it's about being. It's about being in this presence. It's about a relationship, isn't it? It's not just about I've got a load of stuff to do. He does give us stuff to do. But it's about being. Who are we? be who we are, Paul says. If we be, just be who we are called men and women of God, with a destiny, with a freedom in God. No more restrictions, no more compromise, but a freedom to wake up, to get up, and to rebuild a testimony to who he is in our generation. Because Jesus is God, and he is with us by the power of his Spirit. Hallelujah. See, in Israel, like I said... (laughs) In Ezra chapter 2, it lists all those who rose up and went to rebuild. And I want to tell you, it wasn't everybody. It wasn't the whole nation. It was like the whole people of Israel said, yes, let's go. It was a few people. It names them. It lists them. You can see it in Ezra 2. we We're not going to go there now. I've got time. And, my, and I was stirred when I read that. And I thought, Lord, I really want my name to be on that list. As in Today. It wouldn't have been there, but for this generation and generations to come. I'm, I want to be willing to say that the hand of God is with me. The King has spoken. Jesus has given me and us another opportunity to build and be a testimony that brings glory to him. You see, some of the people of Israel probably said, no thanks, we've heard it all before. It hasn't come to anything. Others say, hang on, isn't it strange that in the middle of this captivity... That God raised up a leader whose heart is towards us, and he's not even a believer. The Bible says the hearts of kings are in the hands of God. The hearts of prime ministers and leaders and presidents are in the hands of God, even if they don't believe in Him. Doesn't mean they have to be believers. Maybe God has given us a window here. Let's go up and see what God will do. He is still the God of the impossible. Can God turn this nation around even? Yes. Can he do it in a day, if he so wishes? Does he want to use us in his plan? Yes. So it's time for me, for us maybe, to come out of the shadows. Okay, I'm going to finish there. I'd like us to pray. So let's just pray. And uh, it'd be great to come back into some worship. I want us to pray. Uh, I want to pray for us. I pray, Lord, in our weakness, help us, Jesus. Lord, help us to speak out in grace. Lord, I pray for words of knowledge. I pray to, to speak into situations, to reach out, to stand up, to take responsibility. Help me. Lord, I pray you'd increase a deeper love for your word and a real thirst for your spirit. Lord, that you would recall your church to call on you for our time and our nation. Lord I pray that you'd restore which was lost or put in storage and we say Lord here we are here we are Lord use us use us to rebuild a testimony to your name in our generation he is with us he is for us he's wanting to move in power he wants to use me where are we what are we doing here what do I need to be restored? Lord, I pray you'd show me, show us. What are the things that you need to restore and re- reclaim and recapture in my life, in, in the life of the church, in the life of this, this nation? Lord, what is it that, you, that we've somehow just let slip maybe or we feel has been taken from us? Lord, I pray you'd re- restore that and reclaim it. And what do we need to let go of that's getting in the way of you just using us in power? So I pray, Holy Spirit, now as we just come and worship you, Lord, I pray you'd speak to us. Lord, we thank you for these stories. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would stir something in us to. We just want to say yes to you, Jesus. Even in the busyness of life, and life is so crazily busy sometimes, but in the middle, even in the gaps, you're there. Even in the business, you're there. And you can use the simplest of things. Lord, you can use a smile or, Lord, I pray, help us to be obedient where we are. Just in a, even in the simplest way, that can turn somebody the Holy Spirit that you can just move in in a hug in a in a chat in a pray, in a handshake in a in just a, a sign of affection in a smile in a reaching out in a gift, Lord in anything Lord, it doesn't have to be some huge deal, but Lord, I pray, Lord, there's things I pray for us or where where there are gifts, where there are things that we want to move into, or we think, well. We've been disappointed. Lord, I pray, come and bring healing. And I pray, bring restoration, Lord, and reclaim it. We reclaim it, Lord, in your name, for your glory, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Lord. We we love you. Thank you that you're on the move. And I pray, just move again. Move on us, Lord. Move in your church. Bring revival. Stir us again and bring revival to this nation, or this city. We pray, God, move in this city. We pray, Lord, that and it's not just about, it's not about numbers. Not I pray, but actually very quickly, like this room would not be big enough because of people saying, I, 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 I need this Jesus that you have. I, I need to come to him. I just need him. I'm lost and I want to be found. Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Amen.